The service of prayer and preaching for the 14th Sunday after Trinity, September 10th, 2023. The opening hymn is LSB 873, Christ Whose Glory Fills the Skies. Christ whose glory fills the skies, Christ the true and only light. Son of righteousness, arise, triumph o'er the shades of night. Day spring from on high be near, day star in my heart appear. Dark and cheerless is the morn, unaccompanied by thee. Joyless is the day's return, till thy mercy's beams I see, till they inward light impart, glad my eyes and warm my heart. Is it then this soul of mine, pierce the gloom of sin and grief? Fill me, radiancy divine, scatter all my unbelief. More and more thyself display, shining to the perfect day. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. 
shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. My strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. A reading from Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Hear, my son, and receive my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom, I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction, do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it, do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. For they are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The introit is uh, verses from Psalm 84. Behold our shield, O God, look on the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. Blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. 
for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. A reading from Galatians, the fifth chapter. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with a common responsory found on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. The Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. They were required by the purity laws and for fear of passing a communicable disease to stand some distance away <clears throat> from others, all the while shouting their conditions so that others would know to stay away. There was no real subtlety. They were not quarantined with some quiet visual device that would signal others to stay away. They were to add to their own isolation and loneliness by broadcasting to all who might walk by with shouts, Unclean! Unclean! The lepers in our text did yell, but judging by Jesus' response, they might have yelled more than unclean. If they didn't shout it with words, Jesus certainly heard their faith. If there wasn't at least a bit of faith, they would not have listened to him in the first place. At any rate, the ten lepers are standing some distance from Jesus, but they are close enough that he can hear them cry out and they can hear him say, go, show yourselves to the priests. Luke doesn't tell us that they went anywhere or how they responded when Jesus gave the command. He simply says they were cleansed as they were departing. I've usually imagined that all 10 of them were headed to Jerusalem and that after they were some distance away from where they encountered Jesus, all 10 discovered that they were healed. The nine of them kept on in obedience to Jesus' command, but without faith or gratitude, and that the, the alone one turned back and then had to find Jesus. That scenario fits with the text, but doesn't actually but the text itself doesn't actually supply any of those details. It is just as likely that Luke's arrangement implies that the cleansing happened more or less immediately. It very well could be they were healed while they were still well within earshot of Jesus. When they were healed, they could still see him. It happened immediately, and the Samaritan realized it even before they had taken a single step, just as they were turning away from Jesus to go. Knowing people, this fits more better. <laughs> God's word is not often well received by people, and it makes more sense here to keep that pattern. Jesus' word, his command, go, show yourselves to the priests, was not well received by the nine. Here's what I mean. I have people call me quite often asking for money for various kinds of assistance. There are some things I am able to do and others that I'm not. For some of the needs, I have to refer them to Micah, which puts them into contact with various other resources. Some are grateful. Others get angry. Some get rather hostile and demand that I prove my Christianity. If you really were a Christian, you would not worry about vouchers. You can use your own money, and if you don't have any money to give me, then you have to give me a ride when I need it at 4 o'clock in the morning. 
There are many who are hurting, and they're angry at their situations. It's easy to take it out on those who are supposed to have a listening ear. When I have to refer others away to different agencies, they already know about all those services. That isn't what they want. They want immediate assistance. If I don't give it immediately, then I must not be a Christian. This is what is going on in our text from Luke. When Jesus says, go, show yourselves to the priest, it's like a father saying to his child's request for a cookie, go ask your mother. The child says, I already did. She sent me to you. Go ask your mother is a disappointing answer to the child. These lepers already know about the priests. They know there's no place for them in the temple. They are unclean. The rabbis at the time of Jesus largely taught that leprosy was a manifestation of inner uncleanness. It didn't just happen to people, but was a divine judgment against them. Sickness was something they deserved. This is not hard to imagine because many of us have the same thoughts when sickness rears its ugly head. Sudden illness or an unwanted diagnosis leads us to ask, what did I do to deserve this? Is God getting even with me? How bad must I be? Why is God picking on me? Instead of thinking with Jesus, these things are so that God's power and mercy may be made manifest in your life. Our thoughts default to one like Adam, to an angry God who is getting even. You did this. It's your fault. So the lepers might have heard something really horrific in our Lord's statement, even if he didn't mean it. They might have heard, why should I have mercy on you if you are unclean? Go, show yourselves to the priests. If they declare you clean, then I will help. It almost sounds like Jesus telling the Syrophoenician woman that he wasn't sent for Gentiles. The lepers asked for mercy, and Jesus, in effect, said no. So they're disappointed. And the refusal to rejoice is perfectly reasonable if judged in the way of men. A child will not rejoice if mom tells him to go ask dad and tells him, and dad tells him to go ask mom. Those seeking help will not rejoice at being told to call Micah. A leper does not rejoice at being sent to the temple and being sent away empty-handed. Why should the lepers praise the very God who afflicted them with leprosy in the first place? Why should they rejoice in this brutal, complicated, uncertain system of priests and law? The nine even see the Samaritans rejoicing, and what a clown! The Samaritans rejoicing seems foolish in the eyes of the world. Here's the real problem with the nine. They do not expect God to be good to them. They didn't call Jesus Lord, they called him Master. They were desperate and needy, but they were not hopeful. They weren't Job persevering in his difficulties with faith. They were bitter and self-righteous. When they were healed at the word of Christ, they were not thankful because they thought it was owed to them. They did not turn back to Christ because they did not trust him and were afraid of what he might say. I'm not at all sure that when they were healed, they actually headed to Jerusalem. Luke doesn't say. They might have just turned away in self-righteous anger and self-pity, throwing up their hands in frustration. Wherever they were headed, they discovered that they were healed. The Samaritan draws attention to it with his praising of God. They should have then gone to Jesus, not the temple. But if they go to Jesus, he might insist all the more that they go to the priests. Or he might punish them for their sins or give them another disease. They do not trust God to be good. The Samaritan was markedly different. He had faith. 
and it is most it's a most unlikely faith for if the temple and priests were hard on Jews they were harder on Gentiles at that time there wasn't even a place for the Gentiles to pray in the temple due to the money changers by the Holy Spirit, the Samaritan believes that Jesus is good and has good things for him. He recognizes in Jesus the temple not built with hands and a high priest who is no son of Aaron, but is of the order of Melchizedek, that, a high, that is, a high priest even for the Gentiles. The Samaritan received the word of Jesus with joy. He expected something good even when the answer seemed disappointing. Thus, when he was healed, he recognized not only what had happened by also, but also how and whom it had happened. He received it as a gift. Of course, he was thankful. He knows that Jesus did it by grace. He can't help but praise God in Christ and turns back to him. There is more to the story that must be brought out. If all this took place immediately, then the nine are standing right there while the Samaritan is praising God. This would make the failure of the nine even more outrageous. They would have heard the rebuke of Jesus when he said, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? When he says, Was no one found to turn back and give praise to God except this foreigner? He wasn't asking the Samaritan about the nine. Rather, he was rebuking the nine directly. He was saying, are you nine going to just ignore what I have done? You have been healed. I have given more than the mercy you asked, and if you can receive it, I have more. I have salvation, forgiveness. Are you too proud to receive it if it does not come on your own terms and in your own time, and if you must share it with the Samaritans? Are you, my countrymen, people of the word, going to walk away and pretend that you healed yourselves? You do not have faith. You trust in yourselves. Go, show yourselves to the priests if you dare, for all the good it will do you. You are healed of leprosy, but not of sin. But you, Samaritan, I give you new direction. Don't go to the priests. Rise and go wherever you want. You are free of the law, free to worship in spirit and truth at the temple made without hands. But Jesus doesn't give the Samaritan any direction. In Greek, it just says, Rise and go. The implication is that the Samaritan can go wherever he wants. He worships God in spirit and truth. He doesn't need to go to the temple or the priests in Jerusalem. He is not merely cleansed of leprosy, but is also saved. His soul is clean. He is reconciled to God. There is no one to accuse him. This text is a great one to show us the character of faith. Faith expects goodness from God. It expects God to keep his promises. It expects him to look upon us with favor, to love us, to keep us, to bring us to himself in the end, to be our God and for us. God has said that we are holy and that we belong to him. Jesus did not die in vain. It was not a tragic mistake. It was his and our glorification. He means what he says. Through his own word, he has joined his promise to water and has placed his own name upon you. He has said that he has paid for all your sins and declared you righteous. Who are we to argue or to listen to the friends of Job and the devil? We will trust what God says. We will wait upon his promises. This view of faith and the word 
also teaches how to endure suffering. The rabbinic idea that leprosy was just and those who had it deserved it is horrific to us because we are disciples of Jesus. We rightly take his words about the man born blind and apply them to all sorts of situations. The sin of man has corrupted the world so that it is hostile to human beings. Suffering is often inflicted upon the innocent. Consider the sad cases of babies born with disease or born addicted to heroin and the like. Karma and reincarnation all condemn those people. They teach that they deserve it. They teach that they are being punished for what they did in a previous life or in this life. Buddhism and Stoicism and much of Eastern philosophy says that it is their fault for noticing, not us. We believe in Jesus. We know that while Job was not innocent, he was loved by God. And that God did those things to Job in mercy to keep him in the faith and to teach him to know that his Redeemer lives. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord is a picture of the Samaritan's faith, of thanksgiving even in sorrow. Often we are left with more questions than answers. Often we are left to ask why to specific things. And some of you have asked me, I don't know the specifics or the many whys. I do not have the mind of God. I can only speak to what I know and what God has said. Like Paul, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. This can make for difficult times, but by faith we identify with the Syrophoenician woman, with this leper, with the woman at the well, with the tax collector in the temple, with Zacchaeus in the sycamore tree, with Peter in the court of Caiaphas, with Paul on the road to Damascus. Those are our people. We take their rebukes as our rebukes and their suffering as proof that suffering is not rejection by God or punishment because Their gospel is our gospel. Their Lord is our Lord. Because there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Our sufferings are not trivial, but neither are they eternal. We wait on God more than watchmen for the morning. We trust his word. We praise him even in our sorrow because he has bought us with his blood and he will never leave us nor will he forsake us. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is where faith goes. 
This is what faith does. Faith wants to be with Jesus. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Whatever might come day by day, we pray. Let me depart this life confiding in my Savior. By grace, receive my soul that it may live forever. And let my body have a quiet resting place within a Christian grave, and let it sleep in peace. And on that final day when all the dead are waking, stretch out your mighty hand, my deathly slumber breaking. Then let me hear your voice, redeem this earthly frame, and bid me to rejoice with those who love your name. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 696, O God, my faithful God. Let me deep 
depart this life, confiding in my Savior, by grace receive my soul, that it may live forever, and let my body have a quiet resting place within a Christian sleep in peace. And on that final day, when all the dead are waking, stretch out your mighty hand, my deathly slumber breaking, then let me hear your voice. Redeem this earthly frame, and bid me to rejoice with those who love your name. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, keep your church with your perpetual mercy. And because of our frailty, we cannot but fall. Keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. <laughs>
Godward is our great heritage, and shall be ours forever, to spread its light from age to age, shall be our chief endeavor, through life it guides our way, in death it is our stay, Lord grant while worlds endure, we keep its teachings pure, throughout all Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 689, Let Me Be Thine Forever. constant love. 
blessing and grant our grace.